0: You're listening to a podcast from Westwind Church. For more information, visit our website at westwindchurch.org. Nathan. Uh, Well, good morning, Westwind. I am so excited just to be with you here this morning, and I just want to say hello to all the friends I haven't seen for a while. Uh, I miss you, and for those that I don't know yet, uh, if we haven't met, you've been chiming in online. I hope to be able to be with you soon and and to connect with you face-to-face, not just screen-to-screen. So uh, we're just glad to have you here this morning, and uh, I don't know about you, but these last uh, this last few weeks, this last month has uh, has been a challenge, I think, for all of us. And for me personally, it's been crazy to process through the different emotions and the different um, feelings that I've had, uh, both with how to do ministry and how to pastor and how to lead, but then how to be a dad and how to be a husband and to live in the same home and confines 24-7. Not like, that's not normal, but there's just something different about it, isn't there? That there's this stress that seems to rise a little bit in these days. And for me, it's it's brought on thoughts of uncertainty and, and thoughts of anxiety and feelings of anxiety, emotions. I've, I've been emotional. I've cried during movies. I've never thought I'd cry during, uh, just because those things just get heightened in you uh, in these days. And it's been crazy to wrestle with that. Even the sense of, fear that has come up and and what do I do with this this unknowing this uncertainty uh, that has just taken over in many ways our thoughts you know what do I do with the unknown of like I don't know what tomorrow is gonna be like I used to be able to plan my schedule pretty well but now I just feel like I don't even know what tomorrow I'll be able to do and what I won't be able to do and um, I, I, I go to the grocery store and it just changes the way I walk down the aisles and now I've got to walk down the aisles and there's only one way down one aisle and you've got to readjust everything. And it's just kind of thrown me for a loop personally. And it's been trying in moments and, and, and a struggle in moments and a very emotional in moments. Um, and I've had some good moments and I've, if you ask my family, I've had some bad moments <laughs> to be honest. Uh, and it's just, it's just a part of the season. Uh Rayland and this all began probably about a month ago. I had a conversation with a good friend of mine, someone I'm really close to, and just processing through with them. And it was pretty interesting to me to to hear out of them the sense of fear as a result of what was going around the the globe. To hear and to understand the unsettled soul in them that... uh, it, it kind of shook me a little bit because I didn't expect it. And as I processed that through and was hearing and understanding kind of the, the journey that they were on, I'll be honest, it, it kind of shook me a little bit. Um, but then as I processed more and, and that conversation ended and there's some time and I I took some time just to reflect on it, going, man, well, what was that about? It's just not what I expected in this. And and I, I realized that there's something that was different um, between he and I, that that I was standing on something that it wasn't about uh, fear. And honestly, it wasn't about faith, but it was about this foundation that I had that I realized that that I was standing on, but that they weren't. And um, so when it came to the anxieties when it came to the emotions was it came to the uncertainties. It was all there. It was still processing around me and through me. But at the end of the day, I felt confident, but for this good friend of mine, there wasn't confidence. And I realized it was because there wasn't a foundation that they stood on. So the fear rose in, in their life and the, f- the faith diminished and when I was trying to wrestle with that, and then coming back into another conversation, and and bringing that to uh, part of be a part of that conversation, I realized that that was the thing. Like that, that you're missing the foundation you're standing on. And so, as we kind of dig into these days, and we realize what are we standing on, that's giving us the confidence that removes the fear so that as Pastor Keith preached on a few weeks ago, that we can have less fear, we can fear less, or even last week in Easter, that we can have more hope that our faith grows. That it's not about having a faith over fear, but a standing on a foundation. So our faith grows and our fear reduces. And that's the beautiful thing about that foundation. And so I think we've all had our foundations rattled a little bit over these last weeks. Um, I, I feel like we've all been shaken and stirred a little bit in our lives, and, and we've all recognized, if we're being honest with ourselves, that we've had some storms happen in our marriages um, with our kids. Definitely, I think, with our careers and our jobs and having our world shooken up, uh, whatever it may be, there's been some storms. And our foundations have been rattled. And I don't want to dive into that this morning in two passages, one from Matthew 7 and one from Luke 6, that kind of dig into this idea of a foundation and what it really is and, and why we can have confidence when we stand on that. And so as we've wrestled through these things, I think we've all uh, adapted and we've all made adjustments and we've all kind of uh, tried to soothe things in different ways. And so maybe some of us are doing puzzles. Puzzles are a big thing. I think the puzzle industry has gone through the roof. Uh, they're probably doing pretty well. Uh, I think obviously Netflix and is doing pretty well because there's so many people binging things. And so we've all added this stuff into our lives to kind of help find some normal. And so I've done that as well. I've got TV shows that I've dove into, movies that I've been watching and and, and jumping into. And I've jumped into new family time. You, you heard uh, my daughter and I, a little bit about that. We've done some new family dinner times, just, which is awesome. Hopefully y'all are taking advantage of some of the bonus time that you have as a result of this. But I've also gotten into some other things, uh, one being a uh, geology, which is odd. I'm not a geologist. Uh, I'm a pastor, so I don't know a whole lot about dirt and rocks but I've gotten into that specifically around Iowa. And so Iowa is a, an interesting place. I'm not an Iowan. I, I'm, I'm one of the captives, maybe uh, you would say, that I've, I've come here and I moved here and I love it, but I've gotten to know the state pretty well. So over 36 million acres of land in this state, which is insane to think about. Uh, there are five aquifers that run underneath the soil that you and I sit on right now uh, in our homes or uh, in, in our studio here that is interesting. These aquifers essentially, uh, now again, I'm not uh, an expert, so I, I'm not going to say this right, but basically they're rivers that run under the ground. And so you've got five of these that are running across the state of Iowa, and they're not these rushing rivers. it's just movement of water that happen. And in between these layers of, of these river fronts that run underneath the ground, there's uh, layers of, of, of sand and, and dirt and sediment. Um, there's this thing called a alluvial sands um, that is just all of this mixed stuff together that is, is drawn to, to make this. There's layers of shale this kind of like soft kind of almost, it's not necessarily rock, I don't think. But but once you get down below all of these different layers of, of these, these aquifers and these mixed sediments and these alluvial sands and the shale, you get to this thing way at the bottom called bedrock. And the bedrock is the stuff that doesn't move, nothing goes through it. It is just the solid stuff below all these different layers of things that move and shift. And at that bedrock, things are solid. Now, where I'm sitting right now, uh, here in Waukee, uh, I did some surveying in my way. Uh, we're about 150 to 200 feet above bedrock. And so if I wanted to dig down to find the foundation of the bedrock below me, I'd have to dig down 150 to 200 feet. Now, if you took Jason and stood a whole lot of me on top of each other, that's a whole lot of Jasons. Because you, you build that up, but to get to the foundation of it, to get to the bedrock, you gotta go pretty deep. And it's an interesting point because that's where Jesus is going to take us today in these passages. So let's look at that depth of our bedrock here, 150, 200 feet. And let's put a pin in that. I want to come back to that later. And let's dive into our passages this morning. The first one is from Matthew 7, 24 through 48. And it reads this. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house in a little bit of a different way. He writes it this way. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show them what he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood rose and the stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it was built well. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. And when the stream broke against it, immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. There's some interesting differences in these two passages. Now, I'm not going to get too much into this, uh, but scholars will debate on whether these are two different events that Jesus is talking about. Uh, In the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7, so starting in chapter 5, moving through chapter 7, where we catch these verses in this Jesus telling this parable, we hear the Sermon on the Mount, and it starts how Jesus went up on the side of the hill and and gave this sermon to the people. Now, in in Luke 7, it follows also this sermon, which touches on some of the very main same points as Matthew talks about, uh, but He also talks about how he came down from the hill and sat uh, on a level ground. And so scholars debate about this, but here's the point. I'm not gonna dive into that because what I wanna dive into is that in both storylines, in both narratives, both gospel writers bring the words to the same place where Jesus points to his words. He points to the foundations that are below us. He speaks of storms and rising waters around us. And no matter what you want to debate about on when or where those those, uh, sermons happened, Jesus lands the plane in the same exact way. And he starts out both of them in the sense, my words are important. He's pointing them back to say, hey, everything I just preached to you, everything I just gave to you, these are the these are the, the, the rock. These are the foundations that I, I want you to, to know. I want you to dig into. I want you to live by. And, and he, he dug into that so deep because he laid out some pretty hefty stuff. Now, I'm not going to go back through the Sermon on the Mount and, and give you a long discourse and all of that. I encourage you to go back and do that. We actually did a sermon series on the Beatitudes uh, earlier in this year. And so I'd encourage you even to go back and listen to that, but but dig into the sermon. But here's the highlights of what he talks about. Just in words to describe each section. He gave us a word on blessings. He gave us a word on influence, on promise, on response, on thoughts, on commitments, on grace, on generosity, on prayer, on sacrifice, on focus, on trust, on our opinions. He gave a a word on our requests and our walk our awareness and our relationships. you look through the Sermon on the Mount, he wraps all of that up in this beautiful message, probably one of his most well-known sermons that he gave. And he takes this and he says, these words that I just gave you, this truth that I just gave you, this teaching that I just gave you is the rock. It's the foundation. It's where we need to to turn our eyes to. And his words are, are not just something that we should hear but he says that we need to be living them out. We not just let them kind of go in one ear and out the other. We have to take hold of them, understand them and and live them out. James uh, writes it in his book uh, like this in James 1.22, he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. Be doers of the word, not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves is how he wraps up that sentence. That we can't just hear the word and not do anything about it. Because if we do that, we're actually deceiving ourselves. We're misleading our understanding of what it is. We're letting go of the truth, basically looking at it and saying, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's pretty encouraging or it's pretty inspiring, but it's, it's good for now, but it won't be good for, the, for tomorrow. And James is saying, no, no, take that word and, and live it out so that you don't be deceived. And Luke writes it later on um, in his, his letter of the gospel in Luke 20, 11, 28. And he says that true blessedness comes from the word, because he writes, Those who hear the word of God and keep it are blessed. That when you hear the word of God and you hold on to it and you keep it, blessings come from that, that there's hope in those words. Now, Paul takes it and expands it. And so Jesus is pointing back in these passages directly to his sermon that he just gave. But here's what we know about truth and, and scripture. It's not a, just about one part of it. It's about the whole of it. And Paul draws that out when he writes his encouragements and challenges to Timothy. In 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, he writes this, all scripture, all All scripture, the whole Bible, Genesis to Revelation, what we hold in our hands, the truth that God has given us says this. All scripture is breathed out of God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. That all scripture is here. The full words of God has been given to us. I love that. I often think back when, when we the, think about the readers and the listeners out of the Bible, that truly they had somewhat of a, a limited picture. As you go farther through the story of God, that picture begins to grow. But how amazing is it that we today have this whole story, all the words of God right before us that we can take them in. And and then when we hear the words of Jesus saying, hey, live by these words that you've heard me say, that we can grasp this word, we can take this book and we can make much of it. We can can choose to live in it. We can choose to live it out in our lives and to make much of it. His words are incredibly significant to us, to the world. They change it. And honestly, that's the huge understatement to say that but they're transformative in in the way that, that we walk with him. They're essential to our understanding of who Jesus is, God's love for us, and what he's asking us and calling us to do as we follow after him. And I think our day and age, we've made it real quick in a tweet where we have so many characters and we can put out this short little inspiring portion of the word. And it's great for that moment and encourages in that moment. And we take it and we hang it on our walls or we take vinyl and we put it on some piece of wood and we make this decoration about it. And it's, it's inspiring. And none of those things are bad because they remind us of the word and the truth. But when it only becomes just that, when it only becomes wall decor, when it only becomes a tweet lost in a feed of tweets, when it only becomes an Instagram post that gets stuck in a feed somewhere, never to be seen again? Are we truly grasping the the brevity of God's word, of what Jesus has given us? Are we truly looking at it and saying, this is the bedrock, the rock, the foundation that everything I live out, everything I live for, everything I need through every storm that I have, I have the confidence because I have the word with me, in me, and for me. And so Jesus goes on to say, uh, and he makes the comparison of, of of what we do when we are in his word, when we live out his word, and when we don't, and he starts with these ideas of foundations that, uh, and like a man who, a wise man who built his house on the rock is the one who does the words. Now, He's speaking to an audience who's kind of getting a good understanding as he does with most of his parables. He takes these, these stories and these illustrations to bring out what people will absolutely understand. And so here Jesus is right around the Sea of Galilee. And uh, the interesting thing about the Sea of Galilee is kind of, it's, it's built like a bowl. And so storms come into the sea and into this region, and it just whips up. We, we see these storms in other parts of scripture too uh, that cause havoc in this area. And so as these storms come in and the rains fall, the, the, the water levels rise, and the Jordan River runs out of the Sea of Galilee. And so the Jordan River rises, and then there's these little other uh, waterways and creeks that run off that get dry in part of the season. But in other parts of the season, and when the rains come and the, and the levels uh, rise up, the, these creeks uh, flood and the water starts moving through that. So people uh, would often try to get as close to the water as they could uh, because that's where you wanted to be. It's where the nutrients were, it's where some life-giving things were. And so two things happened. They would They would build these homes close to the water. And uh, some people would be quick to build these homes. Like I just, I found a piece of land that looks good and, and, and the, the ground looks pretty good. And so I'm going to build up my house on this ground. And then there's others like, yeah, this looks pretty good, but I want my house to last. And, and so I'm going to do a little more, more work to make, make sure that I'm confident uh, in this. And he walks through and gives us this idea that there's a, a foundation that the wise man found. He knew was there. And he understood that uh, similar to where I sit uh, here in Iowa, there's layers of dirt and, and, and sand and, and, and broken up rock and debris. And there's, there's water that moves underneath the surface. And the wise men understood that. But he said, but I want to have the confidence to be on the rock, on the foundation, on the bedrock. And so I'm going to dig down deep is what Luke says in his uh, narrative of Jesus's words here. And so the wise man dug deep to find the bedrock. And then on that bedrock, he built the foundation of his home. And when the, the storms came and the waters rise and the wind beat down on his house, it stood confidently, it stood secure because he dug deep and found the bedrock and he built his house, his, his, his whole world up on that bedrock. But then Jesus turns to the foolish builder and says "The foolish builder just looked at what looked like what was solid ground because in the dry season, the winds blow and and sand and dirt move around and they settle and they, they harden, but they're not, uh, they're not rock. They look firm, but they're not foundational. So it's, it can be misleading. It can uh, be deceiving, it's really even what James said about the word, that we can deceive ourselves because we look around and we think, hey, this is going to be okay. That this is solid enough. It's going to hold, hold my, my house up. And so they begin to build their house on what looks like through a season has become strong and solid. But reality is, it's not. Because when the storms came and the waters rose and the wind beat down on that house, all of that ground, all of those sands and the dirt and the sediment that looked solid in one moment became weak underneath the storm and they began to wash out. And so in, in Jesus's day, as he's thinking of his listeners, he's ex- explaining something that they see happen every time that they're, they've they built their, their uh, house on this uh, um the sand and this, this debris that is kind of built up looks hardened, but then the waters come and that water washes that out. And that what they thought was a foundation of their home, the water washed out from underneath it and the home came crashing down. But here's the interesting thing about both of these stories is that they both know the storms are coming. And so for the, the wise builder, he looked and said, I need something so solid that when something comes, I'm confident that that what I build will stand secure. Isaiah prophesies of Jesus in this way. So when Jesus says, hey, these are my words, when you listen to my words, when you live out my words, you you will have hope, you will have confidence. You will be in this relationship with me and understanding of the strength that you have in who I am in ways that you've never experienced before. And Isaiah prophesied about this uh, back in Isaiah 28:16, and he writes, "Therefore, thus says the Lord God. Behold, I am the one who has laid as a foundation in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation, and whoever believes will not be in haste." So Isaiah, years before Jesus comes on the scene is already prophesying, saying that God has laid down this foundation stone, this rock, that when we believe in that, when we hold on to that, when we build on that, that it won't be done in haste. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians 2, 19 through 22, this, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets who who spoke the words of God, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into the holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also being built together into a dwelling place, place for God by the Spirit. That, that Jesus is the cornerstone. And the cornerstone is an interesting part of the foundation, especially back in biblical times because when you set the cornerstone, everything is built off of that. When it lines up, everything is secure. If you don't have the cornerstone and the cornerstone's not set and it's not there, your house, your temple, your building is weakened. You, you set it up to fall down at some later date. Because you have to build on the chief cornerstone, on the solid rock foundation. And that's a faithful foundation that we have. And Jesus is saying, when you live out my words, you are the wise builder. But yet the foolish builder, he believes in something that's just not true. It looks like it's true. It looks like it makes sense. It looks like it'll hold hold up solid ground, but it's just not. And it's actually, it's, it's falling Pray to what is false. Uh, Maybe in our world, it'd be a false teaching or a false interpretation of of something or a false perception that this is truth when it's really not. And Jesus warns of this in Matthew 24, 23 through 26, where he says this, then if any of anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ or there he is, do not believe it for false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders. So as to lead astray, even possible, even with the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. So if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, don't go there. If they say, look, he is in the inner rooms, don't believe it. And Jesus is is presenting that, hey, don't, don't let other things, these other false teachings, these other false prophets, these other false interpretations lead you to something that they think is me. Or that they think is solid ground is just not true. And the dangers of that is a great fall. Because when Jesus is telling this parable, he talks about when the foolish builder builds his house on the sand or on the, the, the land without a foundation, the fall is great. And he, he looks forward, he foreshadows towards judgment in this. And that's the hard picture of it. Is when we're not standing on a foundation of truth. We're not standing on the, on the bedrock of God. Judgment is coming. And we don't have confidence in who Jesus is, that he's, he stood for us, that he hung on the cross for us, that he, he defeated death for us, as we celebrated last week in Easter, that we don't have confidence when it comes to that day. And so Jesus is leading us back to understand that his word is that confidence. His word is that foundation that we stand on. Now, the other interesting thing about this story in comparison to where we sit here in Iowa is the bedrock in that area um, is anywhere from, honestly, zero to about 15 feet. The wise builder, he, he spent time digging, but um, he had to go pretty deep, but it was it was there. He had, it's That's only like, three of Jason's. It's not a hundred of Jason's. But he spent the time to really find the foundation and to stand on that, no matter what the depth was. He went through all the different layers that, that didn't hold uh, uh, firm ground. He, he dug through the sands. He dug through the, the waterways. He dug through the sediment and he got it out of the way to find the rock. And then Jesus represents in these stories too, these storms that come up. These storms that that rattle around uh, the Sea of Galilee, that rattle around the Jordan River. They're just a reality of life in that area. They're gonna come. And that's what's so interesting about this parable that he's not talking about these things that these builders didn't expect. He's not talking about seasons that they're like, oh, I didn't know that was coming. They know it's coming. It happens every year. It's a part of the rhythm of their lives. And so when he's leading him into this thing, he's he's understanding that, hey, storms are real. And for those that follow Jesus, those that that say, hey, I want to be in a relationship with Jesus, Jesus is is saying, hey, storms are going to come. Yeah, you can be confident in me. I I am the rock. I am the foundations. My words are firm and secure. They're trustworthy. They're true. But storms are still going to come. Things are still going to happen. Life on this world and this broken and sinful world is still going to unfold all around you. And that's just part of the deal that we have to walk. There's nowhere in scripture, nowhere in scripture, That Jesus says, hey, when you choose to follow me, cakewalk. It's going to be so easy moving forward. You have nothing to worry about stepping ahead because you're with me. So clearly everything's going to be roses and rainbows. He never said that. There's not one place in the word of God that says that. On the contrary, he says these things. Matthew 16, 23 through 25. Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me for whoever would save his life will lose it and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So last week we celebrated his death and his resurrection. To take up that cross, that's a big deal. There's pain, there's suffering in that. To lose our lives means that we gain it in Christ, but we have to first lose it, that there's going to be storms. It's not going to be easy. Go farther into Matthew, Matthew 19, 24. He says, and again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. This isn't easy stuff that we're walking towards. This is not this simple thing that we get to take forward. John 15, 20. Remember the word that I said to you a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. It's the nature of being uh, countercultural, it's the nature of, of living out life in a broken world. That with God on our side, we, we have the confidence of the foundation. But as we live in this world, as we're aliens in this world, as Paul writes that we still have to go through all the brokenness. John 17, 14, when he's praying for his disciples, he, he prays this, I've given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. And he's praying for his disciples in a place that they've got to live in this brokenness, God. Father, will you give them the confidence to stay on the foundation and to walk that forward? when Jesus gives this this parable to uh, his listeners about the words he just gave in the Sermon on the Mount, he's he's leading them in this, there's storms that are coming. But these storms are there. They're, They're coming every season. You can expect the storms, but stand on the foundation. Build your life up on the foundation. There's an interesting thing that caught me as I was preparing for this, is that you look and the disciples experienced a few storms with Jesus. Whether uh, he was in the boat and taking a nap and the storms came and was, they were fearful. They, were, they didn't know what to do. They were uncertain of the outcome. or Whether they were in the boat and Jesus was with them and then he came walking out on the water to find them. And it's always interesting to me that the disciples were always freaking out. They were concerned and they were uncertain and they were scared. Jesus' demeanor was always peaceful. He was resting in one of the stories He was just taking a stroll in the other. And then when he comes into this space, he's he's at peace, He's, he's comfortable. He's in control to the point that he even calms both of those storms. And I love that. That in the storm, when we see Jesus and we will, when we stand on that foundation, he brings control and peace and comfort. He settles the storms around us, not because necessarily always the winds and the rain are going to go away, but because we have confidence on which we stand. And so I wonder for us, as we, we grasp onto the truth of this foundation, maybe for us, we've got 150 to 200 feet to dig down through because we've allowed this world to build up around us all the sediment and all the dirt and all the sand. And sometimes that hardens just enough for like, oh, this is good enough. I can exist on this, but that only holds for a season. Because the storms will come and all of the sand and all of the dirt and all the things that the world has built up around us will be washed away. And will we find ourselves standing confidently on the foundations that we have? If we're following Jesus today, that we've got to continue to hold to that foundation, even though, uh, the sediment and the, and the junk and the stuff of this world will build up around us. But we have to have confidence that in the midst of the storm that'll come, that that stuff will wash away. But we're confident on the foundation that we stand on. And maybe you're searching for the foundation this morning. Maybe it's something that you're saying, hey, I haven't found it yet. Keep working through the stuff that this world has thrown at you. Because there's hope on the foundation of Jesus. And there's something for when you stand on that foundation, these storms that come, that you can be confident and secure. When we find the bedrock, we know that no matter what the storm, everything around it will move, but the bedrock, the foundation will stand. The sands and the stuff will shift, but the rock does not. The storms are always changing, but the foundation never changes. So here's my encouragement for us today. Don't build your life on what is only secure for a season. Don't build your life on what is only secure for a season. Build your life on what is eternal and everlasting. Build your life on what is eternal and everlasting. And when you have that confidence, when you have that faith in your foundation, that is Jesus, that is the words that He's given us. We stand with hope. We stand with truth. And just like my friend, that I can walk out and I'm like, yeah. Life is hard and it's not even about the season we're in. This is just one season of many that we're going to go through in life. The storms will come, but we have a foundation of hope and of truth that we can stand on and be confident in. Eugene Peterson uh, has paraphrased the word in this way uh, from Matthew 7 and, and Luke 6. And I just want to read these because I love how he paraphrased what Jesus said. He says, these words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. They're not incidental things. They are foundational words, words to build your life on. Work the words into your life. So church, as we go out and even as Nathan comes up again, as we sing this song of Cornerstone, May you live your life. May you take the words of Jesus. May you, you do something with those words. May you, you run into them with all that you have to stand on the firm foundation, on the hope that is Jesus. We have this hope. In other parts of the Bible, we hear it say that we have this hope as an anchor for our soul. It's what secures us in this. So church, I just want to pray for you this morning as we move into this time of worship that you may find this hope in Jesus that may you may dig through the dirt and sediment and stand on a firm confident foundation in Christ so father we just come before you lord we thank you for your words Lord, we thank you for your truth that you've given us, Lord, that we have the whole story of God in our hands, Lord. We thank you that you've given us that ability to come to you, Lord, that you've died on the cross for our sins. You've ripped the curtain open that we can stand in your presence, Lord, that you've defeated death so that we can have life. And Lord, there are things that are going to come. We're in the midst of them now in our lives. And whether it's an anxiousness or, or fear, uncertainty, or maybe it's about a job or a marriage relationship, or maybe we have, uh, have lost a loved one, whatever it is, Lord, I pray that you lead us to the foundation of life that is you. And that we can stand confidently on that foundation that no matter what wind beats down on our side, no matter what rains rise at our left and our right, no matter how much the ground shakes, Lord, that we stand on the chief cornerstone, on the foundation that is immovable in our lives. And Lord, we praise you for your love for us and how you provided for us in that way. Thank you, Jesus. In your incredible name, amen.